I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, underperformers and feedback what global managers can learn from professional poker players about how to get underperformers back on a winning track. In 2018, a professional poker player, Maria Konnikova, beat 290 other players to win over $100,000 at a professional tournament. $100,000 is quite a bit of money, but what's so interesting about that? Well, she'd only been playing poker for just over a year. To go from beginner to winner in under a year is unheard of. She did have the advantage of being mentored by a professional player, but that's still a superhuman achievement. So one question you might ask yourself is, where do I sign up? But perhaps a more relevant question is, was Maria lucky or skillful? Well, Maria says this, poker is a game of incomplete information, which is like life. Poker's not like chess. In chess, you can see the whole board, and in theory, you know the other person's next move. Compare that with poker, where so much of what you need to know is actually hidden from you. So all of your decisions come from a place of real uncertainty. As Maria says, we never know everything. I never know for sure which cards the other players have in their hands. In those situations, the only option is to work with probabilities and predictions, and that's why mathematicians tend to be good at poker. Sadly, humans in general are not very good at dealing with this type of thinking. They tend to overestimate and exaggerate the role of their own skill thanks to something called the illusion of control. And the illusion of control is that we tend to believe that our skill, our intelligence, our speed of thought and the quality of our decisions is superior to everybody else's, when in fact, it's sometimes just good luck. The real problems for global managers start when they believe that they have somehow superior intelligence and that they can plan and control every outcome. Nowhere do I see this more often than when global managers are giving feedback to employees. They believe because they're the global head, they somehow have an intelligence or insight that people at a local level don't have. That's very rarely the case. Moreover, they take that illusion of control and put it into planning the feedback in such detail that it becomes a script. It's like a play at a theatre. The fact is, when talking with underperformers, you can't plan for every outcome, but here's what you can do. You can prepare, you can realize there are only four types of feedback, and you can be aware of your emotions. We'll look at all of those things. So firstly, preparation. Don't focus on chance. Don't focus on accidents and coincidences. Probability pushes us to focus on patterns of behavior. And patterns of behavior happen when people are doing something, the same thing, at least three times. So first of all, focus on the patterns of behavior. Collect data. And by that, I mean write down examples of where you've seen that behavior in the last two weeks. 
it's that data which provides the basis for the evidence that you're going to use in the feedback. On top of that data comes your opinion of the behaviour, your interpretation of the behaviour and what you want the person to do or what you suggest they do to improve their performance. So we're collecting data on patterns of behaviour, we're putting our opinion or our interpretation on top of that and then we're helping the person with a route towards high performance. That's good preparation. Bad preparation is just throwing out opinions because they're not based on any statistical data. The second main point is to realise there are only four types of feedback and they are positive feedback, constructive feedback, negative feedback and no feedback or silence. Let's just go through those and explain why global managers only really need two types. Positive feedback is when the person has done a good job, you tell them that it was good and you explain that you want them to do it more, to repeat it. Constructive feedback is when they haven't done something correctly and you constructively tell them how to do it correctly. You educate them, you give them the way to make it better. Negative feedback is when you say to somebody, that's wrong. You don't give them the way out of it, you just tell them that's wrong. And of no feedback or silence is simply when you say nothing. Global managers only really need positive feedback, well done, keep doing it, and constructive feedback. That's wrong because of this, and here's how to correct it. 90% of the time, managers need to be using those two types positive and constructive feedback. That's how you build a good, strong feedback culture which is based on trust. Unfortunately, in reality, most managers are not using positive and constructive feedback 90% of the time, they're using it about half of the time. It's simply a choice of where to focus. Do you choose to focus on positive and constructive feedback or not? The third big area to focus on is tilting, which is a wonderful term in poker, which means emotions are getting into and affecting our decision-making. And when emotions get into decision-making, the first casualty is always logic. So examples of tilting include that feeling of frustration that comes with a string of bad luck and causes you to gamble even more to try and make up for your losses. The opposite is you're on a winning run and you get overconfident about your skills and you bet even more. In both cases, betting more often involves losing a lot of money in the end. The most important point with tilting is to realise we can't avoid emotions. Emotions will always get into our decision making. But what we can do is minimise the probability of bad decisions by maximising awareness of our emotions. So you want to ask yourself, how do I feel now? What emotions are present in this situation? And how are they affecting my thinking? By raising that awareness, you can make a decision. You can make the decision to do something about those emotions or let them run, run riot. An example of tilting when we're giving feedback is this, the underperformer that you're talking to starts to bring out one excuse and then a second and third and a fourth excuse. It's fair to say that most people would find that behavior annoying. They'd find it frustrating. 
by raising your awareness, you know that it's annoying you, you know that it's frustrating you, and you act accordingly. You patiently say to the person, sorry, that's an excuse, and that's an excuse, and that's an excuse. If you ignore the emotions and you ignore tilting, what you tend to do is you tend to get more aggressive towards the other person. And that never takes the conversation in a good direction. The dialogue breaks down, trust evaporates, and what you have is an underperformer who's continuing to underperform. So to sum up, Poker is about probability and prediction. Giving feedback is exactly the same. We need to prepare, we need to focus on positive feedback and constructive feedback, and we need to be aware of tilting, raise awareness to those emotions, and make decisions, logical decisions, about how to deal with those in the dialogue we're in. Do that with your feedback. You might not win $100,000, but you certainly win over underperformers and low performers and turn them into above average and high performers. And that is what everybody wants from a feedback session. I'm Stephen Hunt. Thank you for listening. Join me next time for more on how top global managers use confidence in the power of clarity to grow their business.